Hi, are you a gifted or twice exceptional adult who feels a bit stuck in your journey? Do you have goals and dreams which you would love to achieve, but you don't know where to start or feel a little bit overwhelmed? Or maybe you have a thousand ideas, 500 projects, and get distracted by your own thoughts and would love some support on focus and accountability? Whatever gets you stuck, I wholeheartedly believe that gifted and twice exceptional specific coaching will help you unleash your power so that you can be your most authentic gifted self. I recently embarked on my journey on becoming a gifted and twice exceptional coach. So if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, please reach out via email at hello at giftedunleashed.com or you can find more information about my coaching offers on the website giftedunleashed.com forward slash coaching. I would love working with you and I would love to get you unstuck. So please reach out and let's get started. Hello and welcome to Unleash Monday, where we talk about the brain, especially the gifted brain, and how does it affect our thinking and experience of the world differently. There are a lot of stereotypes and stigma around giftedness, and I'm here to challenge those. I'm here to raise awareness and to have a conversation around this topic of what does it mean to be a gifted adult. Common experience among gifted folks is that they feel out of place. They don't quite fit in. They are too sensitive, too intense, too emotional, too overexcitable, and too deep thinkers about the world and about themselves. So if you have been called too much of about anything, then this show is for you. My name is Nadia. I'm too loud, too colorful, too bubbly, too bossy, and I love to talk too much. So welcome to my world, and I'm so happy you are here. Hi, and happy Monday. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and you're starting this week with a very great win and you're starting with some insight and input on the topic of giftedness and twice exceptionality and all that comes with it. So stay tuned for this amazing interview this week. And I just want to mention that the doors are still open for enrollment for Unleash Monday, the community as a founding member, but I will say more at the end of the show. So I don't want to waste any time right now. We're going to just dive right in into the interview because I guess most of you are here for this. So this week we have Lotte van Litt and Lotte is a lecturer, instructor and senior trainer on the psychology and practice and the art of personal and creative development. She also guides intense and driven adolescents and adults in their personal and creative development and regularly organizes very vivid seminars and courses on topic ranging from sense making and creative giftedness to emotional development. She also has just released a book and we're going to talk about this and we're also going to talk about the positive disintegration and the Dabrowski theory and overexcitabilities. So you see, we, we covered a lot. And instead of telling you what we're going to talk about, let's just listen to our conversation. So without further ado, uh, let's just dive right in. Here is Lotte. Welcome, Lotte. I'm so excited to have you today on this podcast episode. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to have this conversation with you. I'm very much looking forward to it. So all people working in this space of giftedness probably have a personal story. And I saw a little bit on your beautiful website, by the way. I love Mm. your website. And I saw in your about section, you have a very 
I think, cute story. <laughs> Do you want to share a little bit about how you found out about giftedness and the topic and how you got started working in this space? Yeah, yeah. So some background information is that I, I struggled a lot in my life, like emotionally, due to several factors, amongst which, you know, difficult situations at home uh, between my parents, but also just the fact that I was quite sensitive and I didn't really know how to cope with that in a healthy manner. I often got the mirror, you know, people saying you're very sensitive, but there was always this sort of double connotation, you know, on the one hand, that's it's saying, okay, you're very nice. And on the other hand, it's like, okay, but you're very vulnerable. So it was sort of a lot of ambivalence inside of me about my own identity and how to take care of myself in a healthy way. And as I think a young adult, I was looking for other persons, you know, to, to mirror me and I didn't really have that experience. So feeling lonely, I decided to put a profile on a dating website. And it was kind of a, you know, it was sort of idiosyncratic, that profile, because I wrote about Heidegger and all these kind of philosophers. And I wrote about how my outlook on life was instead of, you know, I like to drink wine and I like to go on vacation. So it was sort of a strange profile. <laughs> and yeah, suddenly I, I received a response from somebody stating like, okay, you know what, I, I, I'm quite convinced that you are gifted and I was like okay this is really a really bad way to <laughs> to sort of pick get a, line. a pickup line you know right so I was first I was a bit like okay who are you really and and I really didn't thought that it was a serious mirror he was giving me but then I looked up his profile and I saw that he was a social psychologist and he to me he appeared to be the stereotype gifted person so, he, you know, he was a researcher and stuff like that. So I thought, okay, he is probably gifted. So he's probably also right, you know. So he, there's something to it in what he's saying. So I got curious. Uh, and also, of course, on a deeper level, I also felt like sort of seen and maybe also flattered. But I didn't really, I, I was not really in the emotional awareness at that time to actually notice that I felt that way. And he also referred me to positive disintegration theory. And he said, yeah, I think... You show off all these overexcitability, so it's probably very interesting to look that theory up. So I did that, and actually that was the great aha and intuitive moment for me. Like, okay, this is this is actually about my experience throughout the years, and it gave me, I think, validating perspective on my inner conflicts and also my inner drive to learn again and again through these inner conflicts. But also just you know self knowledge and understanding because certain parts of who of my personality were very much explained through that gifted perspective. So self-esteem, connection at the same time, a connection with this person. I never had these kind of conversations before. And yeah, just the feeling of self-esteem through that self-knowledge. So that was very worthwhile. Uh, yeah. And you had a different career prior or like finding out about this topic and just diving deeper and made it into your profession. Like yeah, yeah. I think uh, at that time when I was on the dating uh, website uh, with this profile, I think I was still studying literature and Italian studies and some complexity studies. But at that time, I really didn't know what to do. 
career-wise because I did a lot of different things, a lot of different jobs, but I noticed that I couldn't work for a boss, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably quite <laughs> understandable for a lot of listeners. So, And I also know that there weren't these job descriptions that would fit my character. I knew I had some qualities. I knew if you just put me in some context, I would try to understand it. I will work with it and I will actually also succeed in that way. And I also got that mirror back often, but I still didn't know really what to do. So when I started to talk with this person, the the psychologist that uh, told me about positive disintegration and about giftedness, we just had these lively conversations on and on and on. And suddenly we had this you know, intuitive idea that we should work together. We should create like workshops around positive disintegration. And that felt as really the right path to choose. So actually like, I think six or seven months after uh, graduation day, uh, the masters, I thought, okay, this is just what I have to do in the world. So I was very lucky, you know, for the timing of that meeting. And I assume you you grew up in the Netherlands or are you in in the region of Belgium, Netherlands, this area? Mm-hmm. Is, I guess, giftedness when you were in school, well, I'm in space in Switzerland, I feel still mainland Europe, there's not a lot of like gifted discovery or how do you say, like testing for children, like growing up. I, mm-hmm. I, I hear a lot when I talk to people, you know, in, in the US, the first time they come into contact with giftedness is is in school. And then as an adult, they're like, oh, yeah, I was identified in school. But in Europe, I hear the stories is more like they find out as an adult. It was never yeah. a topic yeah. in school, right? No, I think, you know, times are changing. Luckily, mm-hmm. I mean, there's more and more attention for the diversity between people and that's also for giftedness. That doesn't really per se mean that we understand it thoroughly, <laughs> but there are there are changes. And sadly, that also comes about through these sad stories about children, you know, really, really struggling at school because they don't receive the educational resources that they need. But I think there are positive developments going on. But when I was young, I think the general tendency was more towards an egalitarian sort of educational context. So it was more about, you know, in the educational context, there were these children that were like a year younger than we were. And they put us together, I think, from what I understood, of course, I don't know the particularities of the educational philosophy back then, but my impression was that it was about, you know, it's less demanding if we put these children together. And I did receive, when I was very young, I did receive the mirror that I was smart, but it was more about, okay, you are smart, so you don't need more attention. Mm. So, and that was the general tendency. And I also remember that when I was very young, uh, I was very eager to go to school, very eager. My sister even woke me up like five o'clock in the morning saying, you have to go to school, just like as a joke. <laughs> and I, I was so enthusiastic. So I already put on my clothes and, and then she would joke, oh no, it's, it's, it's five o'clock. You don't have to go yet. <laughs> so here you have it. I really wanted to go to school. So of course there was a great chance that I would probably be disillusioned. And I was. And also on a very young age, I tried to you know, understand the environment instead of getting to know myself and try to cope with the differences that I noticed that were there immediately. And as you say, I think also back then, giftedness was more about the academic, like how fast you grasp concept, how fast you are, you know, learning 
math, but not so much about the emotional part of it, right? As you said, yeah. you know, like being pointed out on a dating profile that you you might be gifted. It's not something, you know, you think of this like more like in a math competition, somebody will point that out to you. But not, um. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, and school was and still is for a certain part about rules and norms. Hmm. And one thing I learned about myself is that I really don't need the rules and norms. I just need space. And if hmm. you give me space, I will start to create. But if that space is somehow, you know, Restricted, I will be very sensitive towards the restriction and sort of, you know, stop creating immediately, which is, I think, what happens at school often with you. Mm. So do we talk a little bit more about the emotional side of <laughs> giftedness and the needs and and the positive and disintegration? Like, I'm, I'm so eager to learn all <laughs> everything from you because I feel I'm still a lay person. I got into this topic a year ago and I'm just learning vocabulary as I go but I think having you here talking about this is great like mm. where do you want to start talking about yeah well I think what you just mentioned is that at school there was not much attention for the emotional aspect of being human <laughs> <laughs> and of course not also of being a gifted person and when I was very young I was already quite sensitive towards all emotional tendencies around me and inside of me. So I was attuned very much to the emotional reality of life. And that was very positive also because it gave me a sort of natural leadership, but it also created anxieties for a part, you know, because people say different things than they show with their body posture or with their intonation. So there was a lot of ambivalence also in that dimension. And then when I got through these intense inner conflicts in my adolescence because of unsafe situations at home. I had these very thorough insights about who we are as human beings and that we are all social and emotional beings and we are all vulnerable because I saw my parents and they were also both vulnerable. So I really got this deep insight and uh, understanding of human beings just being very interconnected and very dependent of each other also for their well-being. And while that was a very difficult situation, I remember that I very intensely understood, okay, I have to keep this in mind. This is, you know, this is a deep insight into life. And then when I read about positive disintegration, so the theory that Kazimierz Dabrowski has written, I noticed that also he had a very deep understanding about human beings and the importance of emotional development for their moral development for their development as a personality. So that clicked right away with my own, you know, life story. And then I felt this very deep eagerness to contribute to society by sharing these perspectives on life and on our development as a human being. So then I thought about, okay, what is my niche? <laughs> and as I really resonated with the giftedness, to me, it was clear that If I want to talk about giftedness, I want to talk about the emotional well-being of gifted people, because I also think that is really part of who they are as a human being. But it's also really important for their creative personal development of their giftedness. So it's sort of a mediating factor for their well-being, their emotional development. And how is the emotional development different from a gifted person with the background of, you know, the overexcitabilities and Dabrowski? positive disintegrations and how does it differ from neurotypicals 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that emotional development in and of itself is a very complex theme. So there are so many factors influencing how somebody's actually feeling, how they are doing and whether or not they're emotionally okay, so to speak, and, and they can cope with the complexity of life. And I think that all these other factors besides giftedness in some sense have more influence on their emotional development. So let's say attachment. Uh, so the attachment dynamics that they went through a person in their lives, I think that has a bigger influence on their emotional development than the giftedness per se. But of course, it's a interaction between the gifted, let's say, psychological makeup and these other factors. And even though there are many differences between gifted people, so I don't think that every gifted person is per se overexcitable, for example, I can say like sort of clinically from my own practice, there are a lot of gifted persons that I know. And of course, that's a bit of bias because I meet this person that feel quite intense. So they feel sort of urges. So like I said about myself to contribute to society, they feel a certain like feelings of injustice quite intense. Often there's also this sensitivity towards the emotions of other people, towards the suffering of other people, but also the joy of other people. And often there's also these complex thoughts, you know, complex thoughts, processes, which often also comes along with complex emotions. So let's say you feel joy and suffering more or less at the same time. And then there's also, which sort of resonates with the intensity, there's the drivenness, which a lot of gifted people have. So these aspects do influence emotional development because they reflect or represent a certain, you know, need that gifted people have a need to connect on a very deep level with another human being, you know, a need to contribute to society and to really fulfill their growth needs, a need to do something with their lively energy because if that gets stuck they will get very frustrated and very mad or they will internalize it as a sign that there's something wrong with them so when they are in a context when that isn't actually mirrored and it doesn't fit them there's no match with the environment you will see emotional consequences motivational consequences so that's how i look at giftedness emotional development is stating okay if you have these characteristics which are diverse within gifted people, of course, then how does that influence your experience of a match or mismatch with the environment and thus your well-being, the fulfillment of your needs? And I guess the first step of moving forward and kind of healing and starting to understand is really the self-awareness, I would say, right? That I think I can only speak for myself, but there was always the feeling of like, being a little bit an outsider, but then there's like, well, but everybody probably feels different at certain times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and as we said, like in Europe, when you're not identified as a kid, yeah, yeah, giftedness is not the thing that you would say like, oh, that's why I have all these, you know, emotional developmental kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I know you need context to understand your experience. Mm. So because if you don't have the context, you know, it's sort of a existential ongoing uncertainty that you experience and also which often translates into low self-esteem and, you know, the impression that you will not fulfill your needs in due time, which also 
will create, you know, tendencies like in decision making that you will probably self-sabotage chances, for example, that are actually offered to you, or you will perceive the environment as hostile or something like that. And then, of course, what we see is not the giftedness. You know, you will not see somebody fulfilling their growth needs. So their environment probably will also not say, okay, this person is gifted. So there's also this continuous lack then of mirroring because mm -hmm. you don't receive like actually just a honest mirror. Like say like, okay, you do have these complex thoughts. So if we just accept that this is the case, what does that say about who you are and who you want to become and what do you need? Right. And these are important questions for development of self-awareness, but also very important questions for, you know, creating high uh, relational quality in your life, which of course is also very important for your well-being. If you don't understand yourself on a certain level and thus don't accept it and feel compassionate about it, you know, there was probably a chance that your relational patterns are also unhealthy. So giftedness is indeed, I think, for some people, a very important part of the development of you know emotional well-being because otherwise they lack very honest insights about who they are and i think that's also why it makes really sense for gifted people if they work with a coach if they work with a therapist that they seek out somebody trained and specialized in these fields because otherwise it, it's more like scratching on the surface or not really getting to the core essence of it even though giftedness is not all that we are but mm. as you say it's the big puzzle piece to to answers yeah yeah you know just the fact that we are these social animals so we need the experience to really connect with another human being and feel intimate in that context you know and share intimacy in that context and if we don't have these kind of connections there will be loneliness for example and Let's not forget that indeed on a cultural social level, there are still a lot of stereotypes and stereotypes inherently, they are, they're sort of violent towards the individual differences and individual characteristics of persons. But you have to deal with these stereotypes and these cultural tropes or memes, you know, that are circling around in our, <laughs> in our emotional reality and don't really clearly nor compassionately appreciate who you are in your own being. So I think a coach, you know, specialized in giftedness is aware of these complexities that the person part of a neuro minority probably didn't receive adequate mirroring and thus may struggle with trying to understand what is happening inside and outside that person as a consequence of being different. Mm. But can we go back one step again to to hmm. talk about the positive disintegration like the the term has been mentioned on the show a couple of times but mm -hmm. it's never really been explained thoroughly what did Dabrowski say what did he come up with and why it is important in the gifted sphere mm -hmm. yeah I think something to keep in mind is that Dabrowski didn't create a theory on giftedness even though it's been a very important part of a lot of research around giftedness and a lot of thinking around giftedness, it's not inherently about giftedness. So it's how I see it. It's a theory about mainly about emotional personality development. But Dabrowski had a very also idiosyncratic view on what that meant. You know, even the word personality to him doesn't mean what it often means. It's not something that is given to you, so to speak, at birth. It's not the same per se as temperament, for example. It's something that you develop throughout the year. 
it comes along with several of the many existential crises that actually create the conditions in which you can become aware of the inner conflicts that you experience and the deeper values that are actually expressed by these conflicts. And I think that's the sort of the shortest way <laughs> to <laughs> the briefest way to, to to you know to state what the theory is about because it's a beautiful meta theory with many many different concepts that all relate to each other. And if you really want to thoroughly understand it, it's important, I think, to also thoroughly work through all those concepts. But the key element to me is that it's about yeah, a person that previously sort of tended to move along with impulses or move along with socialization. At some point in his or her life, often because of overexcitabilities, becomes aware of inner conflicts and a more layered experience and perception of reality and is thus challenged to work through these layers and understands what they mean and say about the deeper values that this person has. And then, you know, the challenge to develop the personality in such a way that you can actually manifest those values also in your life. And overexcitabilities, which are often, you know, related to gifted people, is something that is part of that theory, but it's just one a small part of the theory. You know, overexcitabilities is part of what Dabrowski called the developmental potential of an individual. And socialization is also part of that, the influence of socialization, but also special talents, like, you know, also high intelligence, potentially, or musical talent. And it's in the interaction between the influence of the environment and the overexcitability of the person and the special talents that the person has, that these conflicts will arise. And there are quite many gifted people that resonate with that view because they experience it in their life that they are quite sensitive towards hypocrisy in society, you know, and have a hard time just saying, okay, that's just what it is. They feel it's not the right thing that we're creating. And it should not perpetuate itself. And thus they feel these inner conflicts. But of course, it can also be related to what a person experiences, for example, in his or her family life and certain dynamics that you become aware of and feel like I don't want to see the next generation do the same thing. And then you will have these inner conflicts. And also another thing to keep in mind about positive disintegration is that it's often it's an individual trajectory about psychological development. And it's often triggered through something through an external experience like the loss of somebody that you dearly love and through the light of that loss you start to understand life in a different manner you know you start to appreciate life perhaps more intensely and the status quo is changed and then you're challenged to go through these personality developmental dynamics so to speak that uh, Dabrowski writes about hmm. and is it true that the more you know, complex being you are yourself, the the higher you can kind of go on this trajectory that he laid the foundation in his theory. Did I mm -hmm. understand this correctly? That if you have the intellectual abilities, you can actually take this disintegration further? Is, is... Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I prefer always 
to say deeper, you could go deeper. <laughs> you know, because higher has that. You know, the, the the thing about the hierarchy. But I understand your question. I think I think the Browski, as far as I understand what he has written in his own text, is more saying that it's more about emotional overexcitability. That's the driving factor. The emotions are the driving factor for the development. Okay. So emotional overexcitability, but in direct interaction with intellectual and imaginational overexcitability those are the main overexcitabilities in the beginning driving the development so to speak in the context of what he wrote about of course because you know he writes about a certain type of development but it's not applicable to all as far as i can see the way he understood it so i find it a bit difficult to make a comparison yeah comparison right yeah so to compare say okay this person can develop better than the other person I wouldn't say that. I would say that for that development to actually thoroughly take place, there needs to be a certain kind of intensity that drives the development, Mm. that drives the disintegration and drives the secondary integration. And if that intensity is not there, then there's no movement, there's no motion, (laughs) and there will be sort of the status quo again. Mm. Uh, And I think that is what stands out in his theory. Mm. Thank you for giving such a very short brief overview but (laughs) I yeah I understood (laughs) so thank you you were also teaching in webinars and seminars is that correct and giving workshops yeah and sessions and you're doing all the things you're also a lecturer and instructor right at the school of thinking and Buckminster school do you want to share a little bit what you do like now in your in your daily working life yeah yeah thanks for the question yeah so one part i work as a life coach for gifted adolescents and adults and the youngest person has been nine the eldest person has been like 72 so it's broad range which i adore and then i really really like to teach or I prefer to say facilitate other people and their development. And I do this indeed through webinars, which are more like three hour webinars around a certain topic, like, for example, creativity and emotional development. And these webinars are structured like part is theory and part are self-reflection exercises, you know, creative work formats for people to sort of digest theory, but more even just connect with what fascinates them, what is emotionally important to them and see where that leads them. So I really enjoy that because it gives me all the opportunity to learn a lot, you know, and to engage with other gifted people, of course, also, and to facilitate them something that is valuable to them. So this is great. And another thing that I love to do is working as a lecturer or a structure. And then I do that as a freelancer within several uh, contexts. And for example, school of thinking is, is all about thinking, thinking critically, thinking creatively. And I contribute through education about the psychology of gifted development. So that's what I do there. And then Buckminster School is a project that we are just starting. So we're very enthusiastic. We've started with the Buckminster Games. It's a year-long enrichment and adventure program for adolescents between 12 and 18 years old. So we're with a bunch of instructors that all have their very different backgrounds and disciplines that they enjoy. And we want to offer these adolescents like a year-long play through which they can actually learn very deep things about life and who they are as a person, but through the structure of play. So something that is really different from what they 
probably do at school normally. But we're at the beginning of this project, so it's still, uh, yeah, we're playing around also ourselves at this point of view. <laughs> do you think there's a correlation between giftedness and creativity? Yeah. So it, I always feel like, like we're sort of conceptually juggling where we try to sort of compare these different concepts because on one hand, you know, giftedness is part of creativity, but at the other hand, creativity is part of giftedness. So how do I disentangle these things? Just based on what I see in people generally, not even gifted people, is that we all have a lot of creativity. But I do indeed see a certain drivenness towards creativity and a certain uh, potential to be creative, to think creative, to act creatively and to find creative solutions with those people that we tend to call gifted. Because being creative demands a bit that you feel intense fascination to learn about a certain topic or just another thought about a subject that another person doesn't have. And clearly that association can be part of complex thinking, which relates giftedness. So to me, it's really hard to disentangle these two concepts. The only way I can really do it is to, to talk only about creativity and leave the whole idea of giftedness aside for a while. Then I can start to think about what the creative process entails, et cetera, et cetera. But then I don't speak about an individual being creative, but I speak more about creativity in and of itself as a process, a certain quality of being alive and attitudes, etc. Hmm. Well, if people want to take part in your webinars or your coaching sessions, do they need to have a certificate? Do they need to have an IQ <laughs> test? No, my God, no. <laughs> no. Because I hear a lot, that's one of the big hurdles, especially in Europe, as we said, you know, people were not identified as kids. They don't have yeah, an IQ score. And then now they learn about this concept and now they're intimidated because they found answers with this giftedness, yeah. but then they're so scared of going to seek out the professional because they feel like somebody's going to call them out and say like, no, you're not gifted. Where's your, where's your IQ score? What's your take on this? Yeah. I mean, I can understand to a certain point resonate with the anxiety around it, but I always tend to sort of like, like on my website or when I, I speak about giftedness, I always tend to sort of approach it more like a certain being in the world, you know, like how do you experience the world? So describing the qualities So I'm not about quantities, but <laughs> describing the qualities and describing also the processes involved in what they are actually eager about. So they're probably actually eager about creating better relationship. They're probably actually eager about wanting a better life for themselves regarding their career or something like that. This is what it's really about. So I try to sort of. Uh, also, as a writer, also, I, I try to sort of write sentences that invite the other people to actually look at it from that angle. And then giftedness is just a given fact in this whole process. And it's part of your exploration, but it's not the thing that we focus upon continuously. So if somebody just resonates with how I speak about it or how I write about it, that's something to explore. Just feel for yourself. You know, I trust the autonomy of the other person. If you feel that this at this point of your life has certain information to you, it's important for now. Explore it. And of course, there are a lot of people that after a while say, "Okay, I've had it. This is it. <laughs> it doesn't really have any new information for me. And while I'm doing webinars, a thing that I always try is to and even not try because try seems to have this sort of 
you know, I don't try to force it or something, but I find it very important that there's a safe space and what they sometimes also call a brave space, you know, oh. so safe and brave space for people really feel from, okay, this is just, this is okay. We can be vulnerable, but we're also challenged to be more than we are now. And I love to dance between these two given ideas like safe and brave. That's just what I love about this work with human beings. So I think that's for to me is much more important than you know pinpointing precisely whether or not you are gifted. Hmm. Thank you. And you also wrote a book, Kurt. Oh yeah. Yeah, that came out. It's in Dutch, but do you want to share a little bit what is this about? And can we expect the English version? Also? Yeah, oh, that would be very, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> I do want to write also in English. So that's something that's bubbling inside of me and that will probably, uh, you know, manifest at some point. But uh, yeah, the book is called Intense Men's, which translates in English to intense human being. And it's a bundle of lyrical reflections about, you know, emotional development, sense making, creativity, but even about sleeping, <laughs> you know, things that you might think of, why do you want to write about it? But I wanted to sort of give an ode to these things in life that actually are very important for our well-being, <laughs> but we tend to forget or we tend to focus on problems and also problematize people generally and their character and things they do not do okay according to certain norms. And that's just so not how I view things. So I really wanted to create something that if you just pick up the book and just read a certain lyrical reflection, that you really feel compassionate and creative again about who you are and what life entails regarding possibilities, the potential of life, how you can connect with another human being in a truthful manner, in an authentic manner. So all these reflections are sort of invitations for the reader to do these things and to feel these things. I'm gonna push my Dutch speaking friends to go and read your book and then translate <laughs> yeah. it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I saw on your website and, and you're probably if you're gifted you might not, you know, talk about it, but you've got the Men's Afons Award for mm -hmm. your work. Mm -hmm. What is it and what were you uh, awarded for? Yeah, it's an award. It's about certain categories. So this was a category work, Men's Fonds Awards work. So it's about somebody or an institution that contributes to the development, uh, talent development, for example, of, of gifted people or to contribute to their success and well-being in a work context. So I received that a couple of years ago and very you know, grateful also for the recognition. Also because I organized many like small group sessions for gifted people in which they could explore their giftedness, what it says about who they are as a person, but also in a sort of bigger context of life, society, and uh, what they want to contribute and what their values are. And that resonated with a lot of people. So, uh, yeah. So congratulations a few yeah. years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that's so beautiful. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Is there anything you wish people knew about this topic or something you wish you knew earlier? I think that something that really, you know, comes with gut feelings <laughs> while thinking about it uh, is that there are quite a lot of gifted people just so much struggling with their self-esteem and their sensitive nature turns into internalizing problems and things like that. And that really makes me sad also because, of course, I know this experience, but also because I just know what they need is that another human being connects with them. You know, and also that they see themselves as the potential that they are and not like something like you have to do this and this according to certain norms. 
No, you can explore life with an open view, open-mindedness. And then, then what we see is really the giftedness. We see the person that feels naturally drawn to complex problems. We see people who are naturally drawn to be of service to other people. And that's just the most beautiful thing to see in my, <laughs> according to my value. So I think the take-home message, if there's any, is give yourself the opportunity to be just a little bit curious about who you are and what your experience entails, the complexity of it, the intensity of it. Just be a little bit curious. If you can get that quality going on of curiosity, I think that's the best teacher you can have. It's sort of the inner teacher. Thank you. I think this exploring of oneself and starting also not just to question outside concepts, but really the concepts we learned about ourselves start to question those, right? Yeah, definitely. Hmm. So if people are now interested to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, so welcome everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so my company is called A Lot of Complexity. So that's also where the website is, a lot of complexity.com. And uh, there you will find me. I'm also, of course, on the social media, both with, with the company under my own name and uh, people are welcome to connect. So lots of fun lit is my name. So you can find me also when you Google that one. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to put all the links to your social media and to your website in the show notes. Also the Dutch version. So people <laughs> that speak Dutch can go and click. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking your time and, and sharing all that, you know, and yeah, thank you for all that you do. And I'm sure I have already a few people I'm going to send your way. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Well, they're, they're very welcome. And thank you for making this possible to, uh, to create this podcast and just connect with other people about these topics. So thank you and goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation and you got a few nuggets that you can keep and integrate and you learn something. So if you want to find more about Lotte and what she's doing, the, all the links are as mentioned in the show notes. So go have a look. And as I also mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the doors for the Unleash Monday community for gifted and twice exceptional women is still open for enrollment. And this is at the moment, a founding member launch, which means you will come in and there's a few of us and together we're going to start creating this space and the community and shape it really from the ground up. So if you come in early, you will get the chance to kind of help and shape and also profit from this being very a small circle. And you will get the founding member price, which won't increase on your end. Yeah, so if you want to take advantage of this founding member launch, then please subscribe until the 15th of September. And if you miss the deadline and you listen to this episode a little bit later, don't worry. Please go and have a look on my website at unleashmonday.com. I will put up a waiting list and so you can get notified if we reopen the doors. You can also sign up for the newsletter so you're always on top of what's happening next. And if you would like to support this show at this moment in time and without your wallet but just with your time, then please, please, please go and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to. Go hit the ratings, go 
give me five stars. And if you leave me a written review, that will really mean the world to me. And I read all your messages and I read all your reviews and I'm so grateful. I'm so happy to read them. So thank you very much. But it also helps the algorithm to make this show visible to other people that are searching for these terms. And so the more people like, subscribe and also leave a written review, the more people will be able to to listen and to profit from this show. So that's just to create a little bit more awareness, spreading the word. So thank you so much for your time and for being here. I appreciate you. And I see you in two weeks. Bye.